0: I have been sharing a series of messages this month, uh, basically called, uh, what's my series, if you remember? Uh, No, that was last month. That was good. Leading reasons, leading causes for living. And it was inspired out of a cigarette box where I had not seen a cigarette box in many, many, many years, and I was wondering, I wonder what the warning says now. And I, my curiosity took the best of me, and I looked at it, and, and it talked about leading cancer being the leading cause of death. Well, there are many causes of death in our life. There is actually uh, the cause of death uh, of, of not only cancer, but also heart disease. We have accidents. We have murders. We have a lot of things that take people's lives away. And, you know, for a while there, when I was a student of psychology, I, I was in the universities and in the graduate schools. When this transition was happening from clinical psychology, we knew what was wrong with people. We, at least we thought we did. We had a theories. We had hypotheses. We had behavioral uh, 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 conditioning. And we have a lot of good stuff to work with people when they were sick. So we knew the psychological dynamics of when people were sick. And it was right around that time that somebody said, So we know the dynamics of when things go wrong. Have we ever thought of the dynamics of when things go right? No. But they begin to think about that, and they begin to think, if we know this leads to this bad behavior, this bad feeling, attitude, cause, and, 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 and situation, maybe development psychosis, I wonder what prevents a lot. And out of preventive psychology, which was one of my specialties, the whole thing came about, which is now called positive psychology, which is the research of what works. Instead of what's wrong and how to fix it, why don't we start with what works best, does that make sense? That is why, then, we are dealing with this cause, leading causes for leaving. What, we know what's bad for us. Why can't we talk about what is best for us? Why can't we talk about what is best for our lives spiritually? Why can't we learn about those things that change, transform, and make us better human beings, not only for ourselves, but our families and our extended community? So I'm going to focus this next couple of weeks ahead of me, and behind me, in leading causes for living. You see, because the Scripture tells us and reminds us in that beautiful call of, of Moses to the people of God, oh, that you would choose life in order that you may live, instead of choosing death and patterns of living, thinking, and, and, and behaving that are destructive. We, we know those. Oh, that you would choose life in order that you may live. You and your descendants. And that is the main verse for the entire series. So last week we introduced the topic, and we talked about a God-like life. And we talked about that a God like life it, it, it basically awakens the divine in us. We differentiate between a human slash animal life and a life of the Spirit, a life that is not merely existing, but it is living the life of God. We also looked at the life that the God like life looks like Jesus's life. It doesn't look like our Western consumeristic, materialistic lifestyle, it looks like Jesus' lifestyle within context. And we also learned that a God-like life is a life that's lived for others. Today, let me share a little bit about the living Word. And, and uh, Jordan, I'm not going to put the video now, but can you please put on the first, uh, the first screen the title of it? Because I want you to be thinking about this as I continue to, to teach. Look at that title, Everyday Objects, Dancing on Speakers. Everyday objects dancing on speakers. Take it off and let's go back to my screen. That's a teaser or what? You know why? Because we all have everyday lives. We all experience the routine of having to get up in the morning, making coffee, tea, or whatever your favorite morning drink is. I have a combination. I start with a coffee, then I do a little orange juice and grape juice combination. I like to blend juices. I do. Then I get ready. I do my prayers. Then I do a little study. Then I call Linda around 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Is that it? Is that it? Answer emails. Is that it? Or is it getting up in the morning and checking your schedule? Today I have rehab. We do that. I mean, not there yet, but I hear about it. Or do we get up and then we work with the grimy cars while our mind is somewhere else? (laughs) And we work with the papers and we shuffle the papers. We shuffle the information back and forth. We receive the phone calls that gives us opportunities. And is that it? Oh, there is something more to living. Because God, as we, as we heard last week, it's not about just merely existing. It's about living the life that God has for us. There is an intentionality about the Word of God, you see. And, and I have here a Bible. Many of you don't see me here with a Bible because I have it in my, the Scriptures are written there. But this is one of the Bibles that I use. And you know, it's nice. It's pretty to see it there, right? Nice symbol. But so What? just a piece of paper with ink on it. To be honest with you, that's what it is. However, let me suggest this to you. I do believe that God spoke to us through God's Word, and I do believe that God continues to speak to us through God's Word. We read in the Psalm 19, oh, the universe speaks of God's creation. So, the universe speaks of God. God speaks to us through creation. That is true. God speaks through us through nature, nature. That is true. But God decided to reveal God's self. God decided to show God's self for some strange reason, in rational, propositional statements. In other words, in the Word, in words, in words that require us to read, in Word that requires us to understand, in Word that requires us to think about it. So, I do believe that God's Word has an intention. God's Word has a purpose. God's Word is not there just to be a nice symbol, a nice narrative of old ancient stories, which it is also, but that's not it. Listen to how Isaiah the prophet describes the Word of God. And listen to how he uses two metaphors to coach, to kind of put the parenthesis on the real statement. Listen to this. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. See the cycle? From the rain to the ground, from the ground to the seed, the seed to its fruit, its fruit to our table. And then God breaks all of our minds and says, it is the same with my word. It is the same with my word. It is sent out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to do, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. Is that what he's talking about? How does that happen? So I don't see it moving. I don't see it active. Jesus himself also said about the Word of God, Jesus went even a little bit more bizarre. Jesus was described to have been the Word becoming what? Human. So now the Word of God is becoming human. This is what we call in theology the incarnate Word, the Word becoming flesh and lived amongst us spoke amongst us, walked amongst us. You see, that living word, Jesus even said of Himself, the Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort, get this, human effort accomplishes nothing. So if you think you're going to heaven because you come to church every Sunday, you've lost it. The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And then Jesus said, the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. That's in John 6.33. The very words I speak to you are spirit and life. Jesus is saying that when he speaks to the sickness, the sickness leaves. Jesus is saying that when he speaks to injustices, the justice rises. Jesus is saying that when he speaks about love, hate must melt away. He is saying, get up, walk, and go. And we get up, we get We get walking, and we get going in his power. He opens the eyes for us to see. He touches us so that we can feel and be transformed. He speaks to us, and we listen. His sheep always listen and understand his voice. And as the text says in the New Testament, our main text, which is found in the book of Hebrews, it says the Word of God. It talks about the Word of God in chapter 4. You see it there? The word of God is live. Is what? It's alive. What, is, what, is, what does it say? It's alive and what? Active. And, and what does it do? Tell me. It, keep, on, keep on reading. It, well, it's there. Keep on reading. It's alive and it's active. And what does it do, John? Powerful. Alive. Active. Powerful. That's not what I see there. And it says a lot more that verse. But that's not what I see there. So when and how does this thing that we do call the word of God, when does it become alive? When does it become active? When does it become powerful in your life? You think I have the answer? Yeah. It does acquire life in us when we engage it, when we deal with it, not when we ignore it, because God always has a living word for us, God has a living word for our future. God has a living word for your future. Look at what it says in Philippians 1.6. I am sure of this. I love other versions that say, I am absolutely convinced of this. The old classic one says, I am confidently sure of this. That he who began the good work in you, who's he? Jesus. He who began the good work in you will do what? Will bring it to completion At the day of Jesus Christ, isn't that a good word for your future? How does that make you feel about stepping out and risking your life for others? How does that make you feel about making a statement about justice in this community? I am sure of this, that he who began the good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Now, God does not only have a living word for our future, God has a living word for our past. In Psalm 103, verse 3, it says, He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. I tend to spell diseases with a D-E. All my diseases. And you know, the diseases are not only the diseases of the flesh. How about the diseases of the soul? How about the disease of anxiety, depression, longing for meaningful? Life. How about those diseases that capture our creativity and enslave our innovation and limit us from moving in the power of the living Word of God? But God not only liberates us from our negative past and gives us a bright future. He also speaks to the living Word for our present. And He says, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Do you get it? You are a new creation in Christ. Not only individually are we a new creation in Christ Jesus, but corporately as a community called Little Light of Hope Congregation. A new creation for a new community. This does not look or think or act like most of you, except some of us. <laughs> and I'm going to include myself in that one. <laughs> Is that okay, doctor? Can I include myself in the young group? I'm in between. So tonight I do my hair. (laughs) God provides a living word for our past, our future, and our present. But how does this become living, active, and powerful? It is the Spirit of God. That moves it. It is a spiritual. I, I always say that, that in, in my students of Bible and, and, and in classrooms, they, they always hear me that I say this book comes along with its. Oh, you haven't heard me yet. With its author. It comes with its author. So I wonder if we are something on a speaker, if the Word of God is the speaker, and I'm referring back to that, to that video, Go ahead and put the, the, not the whole video, just the because We're going to go into it. If the Word of God is the speaker and we are the objects on the speaker, I wonder how our lives would respond to the living Word of God. I want to see that. So, you see what would happen to your life? If you would get into the rhythm of God, which, by by the way, is EDM now, (laughs) that's what would happen when you engage God. You would begin to move in such a way that you probably never moved before. (laughs) Things will begin to happen in your life that will, oh, Oh, it takes time. Remember how it took time for the things to settle? And then when God wrapped up the, the rhythm, boom, boom, things began to really jump up. Engage the word of God. For, for that, we're doing a, a great, uh, uh, towards the end of uh, October, November, we have some new Bible studies that are being announced. You have it in your sheets. Uh, how, if those of you who have, who have an issue with this book, who don't know how to manage it, let me see some hands. Okay. Well, we're going to do Bible 101. That's what I'm, part of what I'm here for. Do Bible 101, and we're going to learn the history. I'm going to tell you my side of the history. How I kind of influenced it, too. Yeah, right. You're right. And then we're, in that class, we'll study the history, the formation, and the mechanics of it, because there's mechanics in this thing, okay? And then in the second class, we'll study some of the overarching topics and theological themes that are woven throughout the Scripture. In four weeks, each class, October and November, that will take us into our Advent Bible study. But see how the living Word is active, it's alive, and powerful. What you and I need to do is engage it. Amen? Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, who is the living Word of God, who lives amongst us, who speaks to us, who is alive today because of your power. You resurrected him from the dead, and he's the head of our church, the Lord of our lives. We thank you for him. We thank you for his life, his words, his inspiration that transcends decades and centuries. We ask in a special way today for you to help us engage your word, your living word, in such a way that we respond to it and our lives are changed, transformed, somehow acquire a different perspective because of you. We thank you, Lord, for Jesus who taught us to say this amazing prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.